But, uh, you know, with other picks, I think it's important because as it's going to be in the real draft, that's ammunition to, to potentially trade up if you want. And uh, Shane, I, I'll start as a general manager. I, I want to look out for the best long-term interest of this franchise. And I, I just don't think we have our solution at quarterback. Uh, Josh McCown was a 37, maybe 38 year old journeyman by this point. Uh, he's a stopgap at the absolute best. Uh, and Johnny Manziel is currently is still in rehab. So I, I don't think we can count on him. I, I just think we need to try and get a quarterback. Now, I'm not saying that we give up the farm and do a, a Ricky Williams, Robert Griffin third type of deal where we sell our future, but we have some extra ammunition. I, I don't know if I want to give up both first-round picks, but the second, third, we have four picks between the second and fourth rounds. Would I be willing to give up one or two of those if it meant moving up for Marcus Mariota? I would. I would. So I guess I'm going to start by saying if Marcus Mariota is available, if he doesn't go to the Titans at two, I don't think he's going three to the Jaguars. I don't think he's going four to the Raiders, barring somebody else trading up. So then I think five, the Redskins, six, the Jets. I think those are the spots I would want to target if Mariota is available. Now, like I say, a trade value chart, I believe value-wise, the fifth pick is worth 1700 the sixth pick is worth 1600 our twelfth is worth 1200 So we got to make up four to 500 points there. Well, our second rounder is 470 Our third rounder is 205 uh, Our fourth rounders are 72 and 64 So we have the ammunition to get it done. It's just a matter of whether or not we're willing to pay the price. Your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I, th- I think this offense is a mess, and, and I, I, I think I'm kind of with you. I think both quarterback and wide receiver, there's not a lot for me to work with as the head coach, and, and I don't think we can win with the guys that we have. Uh, so I, I think with having the two first-round picks, this would allow us to move up uh, to, to number five or number six and, and draft Marcus Mariota if he falls that far. I, I think I'm right with you. Give up. Give up number 12, give up uh, another pick or two. I think it's worth it to go after. I like him a lot. I think he can fit our system, and I think he's better than anyone we have on the roster right now, and that's that's the only way that I see that we're going to win. I think I can make something of this defense, uh, but it's it's this offense, that quarterback position, that's a big problem. And and I understand as a head coach, you might be leery at the quarterback position with another young guy. The best way to cure both yours and my long-term job security is to get a great quarterback. And is it going to be a risk? Absolutely. Mariota is not a sure thing by any stretch of the imagination, but I feel confident that if Marcus Mariota isn't successful, it's not going to be because of some character flaw or or something that's within his control. I think he's going to do whatever he can to be successful. And, and hey, maybe his, his his work ethic and his habits will, will rub off on Johnny Manziel, help turn his career around, and, and turn Manziel back into an asset of some sort. So maybe between the two of them we can get one starting quarterback. Now, the, the big question is, what's our price? What are we willing to pay to move up to five or six, Shane? Uh, I'm reluctant to give up both first-rounders. I'd like to keep no. 19 if possible, but – Beyond that, I'm pretty open in terms of second, third, fourth rounders, to be honest. I, I just think, as the Cleveland Browns right now, we're in a position where we need quality over quantity. Because uh, uh, you look at our roster, it's not awful. It's not like we're completely bereft of talent. We have some, some decent players. We're just missing those high-caliber, blue-chip, cornerstone building blocks. So I, I'm inclined to start out offering 12, our second-rounder, and one of those fourth rounders. I don't know if that's going to be enough value-wise on the trade value chart. It's probably a little short, but that's where I'm willing to start. Um, 
But but what's the maximum? What what's the most you're willing to pay? I, mean, I, th- I think it's pretty good. I, I don't I don't want to overpay. I don't want to give up both those first round picks because uh, I think I think there there is more that we need to do. Um, but I agree with you. I think I think the first, uh, the second, maybe both the fourths. I think would be a nice price, and and uh, you know I I think. Um, I think that would be about fair if we're talking about number six or so. Uh, you know, I think the Jets could be interested in that and moving down and picking up a lot of resources. I think I think that's what I'd be willing to do. Um, if, if if we don't if we don't get, if we don't have that franchise quarterback, we're just we're not going anywhere. And, and I think the Johnny Menzel experiment flopped pretty hard last year, and I don't think we want to deal with another year on that roller coaster. The only way to fix that is to go up and get someone. There's no other way to do it. Well, and based on the trade value chart, uh, as I mentioned, the fifth pick is worth 1,700 points, and the sixth pick is worth 1,600. So if we offered our first, our second, and both fourths, that comes to uh, adds up to 1,806. So, uh, I mean, in, in theory, that should get it done. Whether Washington or the Jets are willing to make that deal remains to be seen, but we're not shortchanging them. We're not overpaying by too much. Um, no. I think it's a fair offer for everybody all around. And, and if we're franchise quarterback, uh, it, because there's such a huge drop-off after Winston Mariota, I, if we don't get Mariota, I don't know that we're going to get a quarterback in this draft. And then, who knows, we might not have a job a year from now. So even if we make that deal and give up uh, the 12th, our skin in both forms, we still have our stud franchise quarterback, we still have another top 20 overall pick, and we still have our third rounder. I'm willing to do that. Uh, I, I think that's our maximum. I don't know if we want to go more than that, but uh, I, I guess worst case, Shane, would you go 12, our second, and our third? Would that be the max price, you think? I, I think I think that would be the absolute max. I, I, and I, I think it would be nice to have a, a pick in that second day, you know, to at least bolster something on the other side of the football. Uh, I'd ideally like to keep the third. But uh, I, th- I think if we start – we start one two four. They you know, try one two four four, and if if we really get stuck, then I I think one two three and still have that nineteenth pick. It would be my absolute ceiling. All right, let's get into it. We're going to start the 2015 NFL draft. So we're sitting in our war room. Uh, Commissioner Goodell is announcing the start, and with the first pick, we have Buccaneers, and they have chosen Jameis Winston, quarterback, Florida State. No surprise there. Now of course. No. We got to sweat this pick. This is kind of our, our pick here. This season. They take Mariota. We're back to the drawing board. And we're going to have to start thinking. Uh, so let's see what the Tennessee Titans do. They're making their pick. The Tennessee Titans, surprise. They go with a pass rusher, Vic Beasley, Clemson. Hmm. Uh, not completely unheard of. I think they're looking for front seven help. Not exactly yeah. the guy I thought they would take, but that's the NFL that draft. good for us. Good for us, exactly. So now, barring a trade, I think we're confident for the next two picks. Let's see what Jaguars and Raiders do. Jacksonville takes another pass rusher. They take Shane Ray. And then at number four, the Oakland Raiders take Leonard Williams, defensive lineman from USC. So here we are. We're at number five. I'm going to propose the trade. Our guy is on the bird, Mariota. And I'm going to offer for their fifth pick, I'm going to offer 12. I'm going to offer our second rounder at number 43 overall. And you think one-fourth or two-fourths? I'd, I'd just go over two-fourths if we're going for the fifth pick here. Uh, let's, let's start with that. All right. We'll offer them both fourths. Propose. They have accepted. We we paid for it, Shane, but I think it was worthwhile. Right. I'm, Great. I'm not, I, I'm, not, uh, I'm not sad about that. 
No, I, right. that's great. We keep our third, too. That's nice. And so we, we gave up uh, our first, second, and two fourth-round picks, which is uh, – that's a hefty price. Those are some good football players, but we're going to get our quarterback. And as I said, we still have the, the 19th overall pick, and we still have a third-rounder as well. So it's not – we decimated our entire draft. And are we in agreement to use this pick on Marcus Mariota? Yes, absolutely. All right, let's resume. We are back, and we made our pick. All right, we have Marcus Mariota. We have our franchise quarterback, Shane. Right. Success, high five. In, in, in the in the house, yeah, this is uh, this is great, great. I, I think I think if if you're uh, for for us getting seeing what happened with Johnny Menzel last year, and uh, the only way to turn this team around is going to be to finally find that cemented quarterback. In Cleveland, we just haven't done it for forever. Uh, we haven't had a franchise quarterback. So if you don't have one, you got to try and, and get one. And that's exactly what, uh, what, what, what we're doing here. And without having to give up a future first rounder to still have that third round pick, uh, I mean, I, I think it could be an absolute steal. Well, if we're going to go down, we're going to go down swinging. We're not going to stand there with the bat on our shoulder uh, and, and, and without a quarterback. So it's not a sure thing. It's going to be a rip, but at least we're trying. Uh, and our next pick, we're just going to have to kind of wait till we're on the clock, I think, at that point. Uh, we're kind of at the mercy yeah. of the teams ahead of us. We'll have to see what the best player available is. So uh, the sixth pick, the New York Jets have chosen Dante Fowler Jr., another pass rusher. Those pass rushers are going early and often. Uh, up next, we've got the Chicago Bears. They go with Lyle Collins, offensive lineman from the Chicago or from LSU. Next up, we have the Atlanta Falcons. They take Brandon Sheriff. Uh, next up, we have the New York Giants have taken Amari Cooper, loading up on wide receivers. Oh wow! St. Louis Rams, Kevin White. There's the other big wide receiver off the board. Uh, two in the top yeah. ten. Uh, so we're, we're still kind of uh, waiting to see what happens here. Uh, we're eight mm-hmm. picks away. Number 11, the Minnesota Vikings have chosen Malcolm Brown, defensive tackle, Texas. All right. Number 12, the Washington Redskins, with our original pick, have chosen Todd Gurley, uh, wow. running back out of Georgia. <laughs> that would certainly add a, a playmaking dimension to that backfield, give them something that uh, Alfred Morris may not. Uh well, look at if, if that's a guy. If that's a guy that they liked, you know, moving down, uh, not a bad, not a bad call to move down. If they, if they wanted to get a, a playmaker like Todd Gurley, obviously they didn't have to take him at number five, and they can move down and gather a bunch of picks. And number twelve is a nice spot for him. And and I think uh, a deal like that between the Browns and Washington is realistic. I think Washington yeah. could probably get much val- better value for their needs down in the down at number twelve, while picking up some extra picks that they they certainly need to replenish their depth after losing all those choices in the RG three trade. And and they could probably still be getting essentially some of the same players they were looking at uh, at five at twelve, unless they want a pass rusher. That's the one area I think if Washington wants a pass rusher, they might not be able to move down too terribly far, depending on on who they're targeting. All right, up next, New Orleans Saints, no surprise, go defense with Eric Armstead from Oregon. Uh, The Miami Dolphins take Shaq Thompson, outside linebacker from Washington. So we are a handful of picks away here. Uh, Number 15, the San Francisco 49ers take Trey Waynes, cornerback out of Michigan State. So, uh, so Shane, we're, we're a handful of picks away now. What are your early thoughts? Is there somebody that's still on the board that you're hoping is going to be there at 19? Wh- who are you uh, kind of have your eye on right now? 
Well, I mean, for me, if we draft Mariota, we have a quarterback of the future, uh, then I'm looking to add add weapons for him. I mean, I, I think that would be ideal with this other pick. I think our offense needs the most work. I know you signed Dwayne Bowe and Brian Hartline, neither of which I, I think are, are firm number one guys. Um, so I think there could be a handful of players on the board. Is, uh, is Devontae Parker still there, if I'm not mistaken? Yep, Devontae Parker's there. Rashad Perriman's available. Jalen Strong. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we have could have our choice of of one of those three players if you want to go Parker and be a little bit more of a sure thing, or take Strong or Perriman as kind of upside players. Uh, to to me, if if we're gonna if we're gonna we just pushed our eggs in that Marcus Mariota basket. I mean, let's let's build around him as as, as kind of a defensive minded head coach. I think uh, our defense is good enough, and um, I think we can use, maybe use that third round pick on defense. Let's let's get another big time weapon for him. Well, I, I know you're. Uh, I. I, I... I, I, I kind of disagree. I kind of want to wait for a wide receiver, if i got to be honest. Uh, we've already invested, like you said, in Dwayne Bowe and Brian Hartline, and, and they're probably not difference makers, but they're certainly a lot better than what we had. We've made an effort to invest. Wide receiver is such a deep position in this draft. I feel like we can get a good pass catcher in the third round, especially since we're not necessarily looking for a guy to come in and be our number one go-to target immediately. We can kind of bring him along slowly, whereas – some of these other positions, they're going to go early and often. I don't know what kind of value we're going to find uh, along, say, the offensive line or the defensive front seven in round three when our next pick comes on, because uh, our next pick isn't going to be 55 choices. So we're going to have to wait a while here now after making that trade. To me, I'm looking I'm looking offensive tackle still. Uh, Mitchell Schwartz has been just average at best, even though he started every game. I think he only has one year left on his contract. Uh, Eric Flowers from Miami on the board uh, i'd be awfully tempted by him uh danny shelton the nose tackle from washington is still on the board of course we just lost uh our, our nose tackle in, in, in free agency so uh, i i think that's going to the top of ruben of course uh and then the other thing i'd say is how about a pass rusher uh is it our most glaring need maybe not but paul kruger it's not like he's uh the second coming uh, of jj watt as a dynamic impact player Markevius mingo undoubtedly talented but still uh, kind of a big question mark, and then we lost Jabal Sheard. Meanwhile, we're sitting here, and as of right now, we still have Bud Dupre from Kentucky and Randy Gregory from Nebraska still on the board. Uh, I, I know Gregory comes with his own set of risks, but he might be the best pass rusher in the draft. So, so that's my kind of thought process right now, and we can discuss more when we're on the clock. Uh, let's see how the next few picks go, but that's kind of the way I'm looking at it now. Number 16 overall, the Houston Texans have chosen Randy Gregory, linebacker out of Nebraska. So that takes that one option off the table for us. And this is how the landscape changes, pick by pick. Number 17, San Diego Chargers take Devontae Parker, wide receiver out of Louisville. So we have one more pick between us, and those are two guys that we were looking at. So uh, our options are dwindling to a certain degree here. And next up, we can see Chiefs, and they chose TJ Clements, offensive tackle out of Pittsburgh, to address the line. So we are going to be on the clock, Shane, and I'm going to give us a, I'm going to give us five minutes to uh, make our decision here. Uh, and I'll let you start off. What's what's your yeah. what's your thoughts? 
I, I think I would have pushed hard for Parker if he had still been there. I think him going, uh, you know, two picks before us kind of hurts because I think he would have been a nice number one. But, um, but but looking at the options that are still available, I, I think Danny Shelton does does really stand out as a player that that should be off the board um, that replaces a position of need. I mean, I, I think we can we can even build this defense around him as the nose tackle uh, if 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 that's the case. And I, I, you know, offensive line wise, I know Eric Flowers is still there. I think Mitchell Schwartz is, is fine enough for now. Um, but I think getting a, a difference maker like Danny Shelton, I, I think you kind of convinced me. Uh, you know, I, I'm not completely on board to be honest with you. Uh, I, I think we have still, even though we lost Ruben, I think we still have some pieces on the D line. Uh, we have Phil Taylor, who also only has one year left on his contract, granted, but he's capable of playing the nose. He's a former first round pick. And then we signed Randy Starks in free agent. We still have Desmond Bryant. Uh, and, and let's not forget Armani Bryant, who's coming off an injury and has some off-the-field concerns, but he might be the most talented defensive lineman on our entire team. It's not like our cabinet is completely bare. And, and Danny Shelton, very good player, but kind of a, two, a one-dimensional run stuffer. I'd rather bring in somebody who's a little more varied. Honestly, the guy I want is Dupre. And I would have made the same argument for Gregory, despite the character concerns. I just think I, I just think the option to get a potential stud pass rusher, a guy who's versatile, uh, versatile uh, in terms of both the scheme and position, I just don't think we're going to find somebody like Bud Dupree later in the draft. I think we can find a run stuffer later in the draft. I don't think we're going to find a stud pass rusher, uh, certainly not in the third round. Like uh, So I'm inclined with you. I like Flowers a lot, but I'm inclined to agree with you on that where Schwartz, is he the perfect solution? Probably not, but I don't know that it's our top priority. And then uh, Perriman would be the other guy in the conversation. But as I said, I'm more comfortable taking advantage of the depth at wide receiver this year. So honestly, I, I'm kind of in Camp Dupre here. So now we're about uh, halfway through our time here. we got uh, about uh, two minutes and 40 seconds left before we have to turn in our pick. Uh, Shelton Dupre, uh, I kind of made my case. You want to make a case against Dupre or a case for Shelton? What are your thoughts? Well, let me, let me ask you on Dupre. Do you feel comfortable putting him in our defense? Do you feel comfortable putting him in a position where he's going to have to stand up a lot, where he's going to have to drop back into coverage, where uh, we use him with his hand down some? Is is this a position where you feel comfortable? I think it's, that's my only uh, kind of shortcoming with him is I'm, I'm scared about the fit. Personally, I don't have any reservations. I, I think he is athletic enough, and I think he's shown on film that he can play in reverse. He can play on his feet. Now, is he a gazelle out there? No, not necessarily, but but uh, I, I think he brings a power element to his game. I think he brings an athleticism element to his game. And, and honestly, I don't think there's that much separating Bud Dupree from Dante Fowler, who came off the board 10 picks earlier, who could have very easily been a top five overall pick in this draft. I don't think there's that much of a difference. I think Dupre is going to be a great value at number 19. Uh, I, I, I'm just, I, I, I mean, I don't want to make a decision without you, coach, and I'm not going to. I, I would never do that. But I'm, I'm pretty confident that Dupre would be a better decision over Shelton. Make your argument for Shelton. We have about a minute and a half left. Take a run at me on Shelton. Convince me. 
Oh, I, I, we had one of the worst run defenses in the NFL last year. I think Danny Shelton has that athletic ability to also rush the passer, or he could he could end up like a Holodinato. We can move him around that defensive line. I don't think he's firmed up at that nose tackle position, and just to get uh, an athletic big difference maker like that is uh, is something we need. I mean, Phil Taylor is is a player that's that's been underwhelming. So I I just think our defensive line is is in a lot more shambles than uh, than than maybe it looks on paper. And I don't disagree with that, and I think from a value perspective, a good case can be made for either Shelton or Dupre. I just feel like value-wise, if we don't take, if we take one player here, what are we going to be able to address the other later? And I think in that from that perspective, I just think Dupre makes a lot more sense than Shelton. We'll get you your run stuffer on day three. I promise you, we'll be able to find a run stuffer. All right. So, Let's what do you it. think? Are you in on Dupre? We have just under thirty yeah, seconds. I'll, I'll, I'll... Trust you. Let's 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 make that. We could take Dupree. All right. Let's take Bud Dupree, linebacker from Kentucky. So that that is our final pick in the first round. Uh, let, let's see how the rest of the first round shapes up. Uh, and let's. It'll, it'll be interesting to see where Shelton comes off the board. How much longer after? Uh, next up, then at number twenty, we have the Philadelphia Eagles take Jalen Strong, wide receiver out of Arizona State. The Cincinnati Bengals take Jake Fisher. Offensive lineman. Steelers take Eli Harold, outside linebacker from Virginia. The Detroit Lions take Eddie Goldman, uh, defensive tackle from Florida State. Uh, Shane, is there any – now, we don't really have ammunition, uh, and I don't really want to get in the business of trading first-round picks, but is there anybody out there that you're pounding the table saying, oh, my goodness, that guy's there, we got to go get him, or are you pretty content now to just let the first, the rest of the first-round – Round pass. Is there anything else that we need to be thinking about here late in round one that we should be active? I, I, no, I feel pretty good. I think I feel pretty good with our trade-up for a franchise quarterback for uh, hopefully getting an impact defensive player. And I don't think there's anyone, especially after trading their second-round pick, that, that I want to give up the farm to go up and get in the first round. Uh, I think I think we're pretty well set to get get some depth at these other positions, wide receiver, uh, defensive line here going, going forward. I agree with you. Uh, I think, uh, especially since we kind of already made our trade, um, I, I think we kind of took us ourselves out of that game. So let's just see how it continues to play out here. At number 24, the Arizona Cardinals take Eric Kendricks, linebacker from UCLA. 25, the Carolina Panthers take Eric Flowers, offensive lineman out of Miami, one of the players that we were kind of looking at. So came off the board not too long afterwards. Number 26, the Baltimore Ravens take P.J. Williams, cornerback out of Florida State. Number 27, the Dallas Cowboys take Danny Shelton, uh, defensive tackle out of Washington. Interesting pick, good value for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, um, and I, I'm not sure he's going to last that long, but somebody's going to fall on draft day. It always happens. Uh, could be Shelton, because like I said, th- there are reservations about him. It's not like he tested out of this world like Don Terry Poe did. He's not this. He's, he's a freak from a size perspective, but not from a, 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 a physical triangle numbers perspective. Denver Broncos up next take A.J. Can, offensive guard, South Carolina. We have the Indianapolis Colts at 29, take Landon Collins, safety from Alabama. Number 30, the Green Bay Packers take Max Williams, tight end, out of Minnesota. Number 31, two picks left, the New Orleans Saints take Denzel Perriman, inside linebacker, out of Miami. And with the last pick of the first round, the New England Patriots take Michael Bennett, defensive tackle out of Ohio State. So there's round one in the books. And Shane, I got to tell you, I'm I'm pretty thrilled. I, I don't think that could have gone much better for us. If, if I'm running, it, well, I guess I am running the Cleveland Browns. I, I, I'm ecstatic right now. Uh, we we got 
one of the top two quarterbacks in this draft in Mariota, a potential franchise signal caller. And then we were able to get what I think is arguably a top 10 overall value at number 19 overall, a big athletic pass rusher uh, with a lot of versatility. I, I couldn't be happier. If you had told me before the draft that we come away with Mariota and Dupre in round one, uh, I'd say perfect. Yeah, no, I know. I feel really good about that. That we were able to move up and get, uh, you know, ultimately get, the, the franchise quarterback of the future for the for the Cleveland Browns after Johnny Manziel didn't work out. Um, getting an impact defensive player I think is huge, and even though we disagreed kind of on who that player should be at that point, I don't think there was a wrong decision. I don't think you're getting a bad player. Uh, it, it's kind of interesting to go through this process with, with the Browns and see uh, kind of how their needs match up where they, they might be able to move up for a quarterback if, if they really feel feel strongly against Johnny Manziel. And I think that second first-round pick just lines up really well for them, probably on the defensive side of the ball, uh, to take someone that, that, that can ultimately be an impact player. Well, and we let's talk a little bit. We're not going to go beyond the first round, but let's talk a little bit about our next choice. It's not till 77, which is uh, in the middle of the third round, but let's talk a little bit about what we'd maybe be looking to do there. Uh, we wrapped up day one of the 2015 NFL draft where we're kicking back in the war room, sipping some suds maybe, talking about what we're going to do the next day. What, what's kind of your your general game plan? Is there a certain player, or, or let's, let's just go through maybe two or three positions and, and give a player or two at each position that, that, that we're kind of looking at. And, and it kind of process elimination. I imagine that the positions we were looking at with those other picks, so maybe wide receiver or a, a nose tackle or offensive tackle, would, would you say those would be the three main possibilities? I think those are the three main possibilities. I, I think wide receiver when when we st- when we don't have a second round pick and we start talking about uh, the end of the second day, I, I think wide receiver could fit and match up really really well value wise uh, with the, with the third round pick. Um, I think when you get start getting into the third day, even though it is a deep wide receiver draft, when we start getting into the third day, uh, it's a possibility you kind of miss out on some players. But uh, I, I think that's I think that's really where I'd look. And as we kind of talked about with the defensive line, it, I think it is a need for uh, for the Cleveland Browns. But you, you should be able to find someone that you can at least develop for a year behind uh, behind Phil Taylor, uh, and then to, in the third day. So I, I honestly, I think wide receiver is going to be that position where they they have to get someone. I mean, uh, last year the Browns didn't draft anyone, and what was the best wide receiver draft? We saw the the fruits from the rookies, um, and then. And then if they don't take anyone uh, this year in the first hundred picks or so, I, I think that would be that would be a, a big loss for a team with a big need. If you're going to bring in Mariota, you got to get him help, and I think wide receiver is that help that they need, or tight end, you know, some some weapon somewhere. Yeah, that's a good point on tight end too, and and of course we're going to be at the mercy of what's available. And, and I kind of think wide receiver might be the way to go too. I, I'm kind of going to throw offensive tackle out of the mix for that that third round pick because. I think we've kind of hitched our wagon now to Mitchell Swartz for one more year for the most part, and I don't know what the value is going to be like along the, uh, at tackle in round three. So I'm kind of zeroing in on wide out too. I think that's where the value is going to be. I don't know if maybe Sammy Coates from Auburn is going to fall that far. Uh, I, I don't know if I would say it's likely, but I, I think it's possible. And if he were there, I think he'd be a great fit. Uh, he'd give us that vertical dimension who can take the top off a of defense that we're currently lacking and we could bring him along slowly behind Bo and Heartline, let him develop the other aspects of his game early on 
similar to what maybe the Steelers did this past year with Martavis Bryant. So I think if a, a Sammy Coates were there in round three, I'd be all for that. But I think that's the type of player we need. I think we need somebody who can get down the field, that defenses are going to have to respect vertically. Uh, I, I Philip Dorsett from Miami, I don't think he's going to be there. But what do you think of a Tyler Lockett from Kansas State? Is there a specific receiver that you're kind of looking at that, that, that you have you fancy in round three, Shane? I think Lockett would be good. Uh, you know, I know that Andrew Hawkins, who brought in last year, did all right, and that uh, could be a similar situation with Lockett, where you, now you get a, you get a return guy, you get someone that can kind of play that that slot role. While you have Bowen Hartline on the outside, I think he could add a new dimension. Uh, if you really want to swing for the fences, um, you, you maybe could reach a little bit. You could take a, a Chris Conley out of Georgia after his big combine with the height, weight, speed. If Sammy Coates is gone, um, you know you could look for some upside player there in the third round going a little bit higher than you wanted to uh but I, I would hope i would hope maybe that someone would fall we saw even last year you mentioned martavis bryant a player that fell a lot further than people felt you got to feel maybe there's going to be one of those guys uh, this year that could fall into that third round we kind of scoop up some wide receiver value and i i i know you still want to address that run defense, and I agree with you. We're going to do it, but I just don't think round three is going to be the time to do it. I think that the value at defensive tackle at that point is going to be the, the smaller, quicker guys, the, the Xavier Coopers, the Grady Jarrett's, the Gabe Wrights. I think we're going to get a nose tackle on day three. We're going to upgrade our run defense, whether it be Tyler Davison from Fresno State, maybe a Joey Mbu from Houston, uh, Angelo Blackson from Auburn. I, I feel like the value is still going to be there on day three for a nose tackle. So I don't really want to reach for one in the third round. Degree, disagree? Yeah, I would agree. I think maybe I, you know, I should have brought that up in, in my argument for, for Danny Shelton too, where now you start to, you start to kind of knock that down the list. So I'd prefer the wide receiver position. I still think a nose tackle or some defensive lineman, even if you want to kind of shift pieces around and find a, a five technique that you can move around there. But uh, there's, there's, there's a great value in the third round. I, I don't see anyone – necessarily falling that I feel even good about. I mean, even when you get into the, the late second round, I'm not sure there's going to be uh, a nose tackle or, or three, four defensive linemen that I feel really good about. So, um, yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. I think we'd have to address that in the fifth. Well, and then the last position to discuss is tight end. Uh, and, and, and I'm not enthralled with this class. I think it drops off a cliff pretty quickly. I don't know if we're going to get a shot at any of the top three. Uh, I think Funchess and Max Williams from Minnesota are definitely going to be gone, certainly by the third round. Clive Walford from Miami, I guess there's a chance, but I'm very dubious. I think odds are he's going to be gone. Is there any other tight end that you'd be willing to take in the third round? Because like you said, that's a huge need for us, probably a bigger need than wide receiver after losing yeah. Jordan Cameron. And I guess if I were going to make an argument for one player, it would be Jeff Hireman from Ohio State, who I think was – kind of underutilized in that Buckeyes offense to a degree. I think he's more of a dynamic pass-catching threat than he's given credit for. Uh, an above-average blocker, he can get the job done in that regard. And I think beyond that top three, I think Hireman's maybe the one other tight end in this class that I see having potential high-level upside. Uh, and, and I'm not saying Rob Gronkowski, Jimmy Graham, but, you know, top 15 top 20 starting tight end in the NFL type upside. Then after that, I don't know if there's anybody else I'd bet on. So uh, I, I guess if it were me, I'd be looking at if Walford's there, no brainer, turn the card yeah. as fast as you can. 
Uh, otherwise, I'm considering Hireman or one of those receivers. That's kind of where I stand. Where are you at between uh, Hireman or maybe another tight end and wide receiver? Where's tight end kind of coming on the pecking order for you? I'm with you on Walford. I think if he's sitting there, that that could be a steal. I think we'd have to just go for it. I like Hireman. I think he's good. I think he does have that potential. I don't know how comfortable I feel taking him in round three just because I, I don't think he's a plug-and-play type of player. You know what I mean? I don't know if we're going to get a lot out of him um, early on. I think we have to develop him a bit, whereas I feel like we could take one of these wide receivers if someone falls uh, or even a Tyler Lockett and at least at least have a role and try to develop this offense. And, and you know, I, I honestly don't think we're that far away from having a, a team that could – compete and that, that could do well with Mariota now. So um, I, I wouldn't want to ultimately sacrifice uh, having a weapon now. And I, I think I'm with you. I, I don't know there's another tight end that fits our system that um, that I feel good about in the third round. I mean, I, I think Tyler Croft, Jesse James, these guys are third-day picks uh, that, you know, we could look at in the third day if we don't take a tight end in the third. So I'd probably lean still towards the wide receiver if, if Clive Wolford is, is off the board. Well, may, maybe some, some minor debate there between wide receiver or tight end, but at the end of the day, it sounds like we're on pretty much the same page in that we need to use our next pick in the third round at number 77 overall to support our young quarterback, give him another playmaker, give him another threat, another weapon to utilize. So I think we're in agreement on that. So I think we have our game plan uh, and that we're going to call it a day. So. You know, that was kind of fun, Shane. Uh, and like I said, I mean, if, if the draft plays out like that for the Cleveland Browns, they should hire us immediately, if not sooner. We're, we're, available, <laughs> Mr. we're available, Mr. Haslam. Come, come, come reach out because I think that would be a, almost a perfect first round. And, and I don't think it's wholly unrealistic, uh, hmm. especially trading up for Mariota. I think we paid a reasonable price, actually a little more than the trade value chart calls for. Uh, so it's not like we shortchanged and made some ridiculous Madden trade there. I think that's very realistic. And, and regardless of what the price is, if the Browns want Marcus Mariota, they can get him. I think they have the ammunition. I think that much is clear. Now, Dupre, is he going to fall to 19? I don't think so. I think Dupre is going in the top 10 overall. But, like I say, crazy things happen in the draft. Players that we don't expect to be available are often available. And if it's not Dupre, maybe it's Randy Gregory. Maybe it's Shane Ray. Maybe it's another pass rusher. But um, uh, I, I think we did a pretty good job of kind of laying out what the, the, the scenarios the Browns are going to be facing are and and uh, I don't like I say I don't think it's entirely realistic and 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 if I'm the Cleveland Browns I'm doing what it takes to get Mariota uh, I I think they have nothing but uncertainty at the game's most important position and and honestly I, I know we didn't pay the price but if I were actually in that that war room I don't know that I wouldn't pay both first rounders to move up would that be overpaying yeah definitely because 12 and 19 that comes to a little over 2,000 that would be overpaying by a pretty significant margin but. You know what I always say, Shane, I think it's impossible to overpay for a franchise quarterback. And if Mariota fulfills his potential, 12-19 and 19 for, for Mariota is going to look like a steal. I think any team in the league would give up a couple of mid-first-round picks for a high-level starting quarterback. So, uh, And the other thing that complicates things for the Cleveland Browns, Shane, is that this isn't the year to be looking at those second- and third-tier options. Uh, I, I know some people want to make a case for Brett Hundley and Bryce Petty and even Garrett Grayson, but boy, I don't know if I'd want to put my job and or career in the hands of any one of those guys. I think they're much more shaky uh, than 
than second and third tier quarterbacks that we've seen in recent years. Even more so than, let's say, Jimmy Garoppolo, who went, what, late in the second round last year. He was the fourth, fifth quarterback off the board, Shane. Is there any question? Would he he'd be the third quarterback in this draft, right? I, I don't think it would be a question. I think he pretty easily would be the third quarterback in this draft. So that's what complicates matters. If you're in such dire straits at quarterback like we kind of are, like the Browns are, and like a lot of teams are, if you don't get Winston Mariota, you might not be getting a quarterback. And by the time you get another another bite at the apple, you might be fired. Because if you don't have a quarterback, you're in store for a bad season. And we just saw what happened the last time Josh McCown was a starting quarterback for a team. He led them to the number one overall pick in the draft. So it's going to be interesting to see what the Browns do. And, and I really do think there's a good chance they're going to trade up for Mariota. And I would wholly endorse that. Like I, I always say, I'm never, or rarely am I going to criticize a team for at least trying at the quarterback position. The one thing I can't stand is a team going into a season with Josh McCown as their starting quarterback. To me, you're just rolling over and playing dead at that point. As long as you're trying, sometimes it works works out, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes you have egg on your face for taking Christian Ponder at 12 overall. You have egg on your face for taking Jake Locker in the top 10. But at least you're trying because at the end of the day, if you have a quarterback, if you don't have a quarterback, you're not going anywhere. So with that, we are going to call it a show. Hopefully everybody enjoyed that uh, and and as of right now, the 2015 NFL Draft is 26 days, 6 hours, 19 minutes, and 15 seconds away. Tick-tock.